You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes. And it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of Ravens Postgame Uncensored on 105.7 The Fan. And I'm Cordell Woodland, host of Shaking It Up Sports on 105.7 The Fan, as well as the station's Ravens Beat Report. Ravens beat the Saints 27-13, to 13, although it should have been by a larger margin. We'll talk about that later. Let's talk about defense first, Cordell. Listen, I mean, four weeks ago, we were really questioning what this defense was, and we both agreed that they've done nothing but trend up in the past four to five weeks. Then bring in Roquan Smith in a trade, get back Titus Bowser, and they look like a completely different defense. They are fast. They are all over the quarterback. They are over the ball. And it is really exciting because you see the potential of how good this defense really can be down the stretch, which is obviously important. Even though they play against teams um, that don't necessarily have a winning record, probably outside Cincinnati at this point, it doesn't matter, right? You want to dominate your, your, your opponent. And I feel like this defense absolutely has the capability of doing that. Giving up that, that touchdown um, in the fourth quarter to me, Really was poor because Chuck Clark, you have to do a better job of, um, you know, getting a guy out of bounds or whatever. You're too busy trying to complain and saying he was down. Meanwhile, the guy's just running in the end zone. Outside of that, I really didn't have a whole lot to say bad about this defense. They just really balled out. Yeah, same. You know, this defense is kind of, like you said, they've been trending up the last few weeks. Um, and then they've got, they've done nothing but get stronger, uh, stronger, faster. I would say better, you know, overall, just from a talent perspective, you know, you see 
You you go and get a guy like Roquan who comes in as the NFL's leading tackler. And I mean, he jumps out at you from the very beginning of the game. He he makes his impact known. Um, immediate tackles. You you see him guarding guys like Alvin Kamara uh, out in the open field, and his closing speed is so good. And he just trusts his eyes. He knows what he's seeing, and once he sees it, he he gets there. And um, this Ravens defense right now looks kind of like the Ravens defense that we're used to seeing in the past. They just they they they're just so aggressive right now. And I said early in the season that the Ravens looked like a team that was kind of getting bullied or kind of uh, reacting to the teams. Well, in this game, they this, the, this was a Ravens team that was the bully in this game. The Saints wanted nothing to do with the Ravens, uh, specifically the Saints offense against this Ravens defense. The Saints, they, they, they show no type of fight except for a couple of drives here and there, the drive to end the first half that still only resulted in a failed goal. Um, overall, I, I think you have to be pleased with what you're seeing on this defense. Justin Houston is just playing out of his mind. I mean, is is he one of the oldest dudes on the team and he's playing like a third-year player? Like, why is he playing? Has he found the fountain of youth and we don't know about it because he's playing out of his mind right now? Yeah, he looks to he looks like he's found the fountain of youth. Two and a half sacks also gets the the uh, interception as well. I mean, I don't know what more you could ask for uh, from Justin Houston, not just in this game, but just in th- the season as a whole, really since he's joined the Ravens since last year. He's he's just been one of their more consistent guys every week, and it's just amazing that they're able to get this type of play from him in the back stages of his career like he is right now. But it was a lot of guys individually, I thought, that really played well on the defense um, you saw Tyus Bowser make an impact immediately on that third down pass rush early in the game, forcing Andy Dalton to throw the ball away. I thought Marlon Humphrey played well uh, all game as well. Not a couple of sacks in there. Uh, nice coverage on a deep ball on Chris Olave, who was kind of giving them problems. He was the only receiver kind of giving them problems in this game. And Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton has been stacking games as of late. And I, I, I saw a Kyle Hamilton that was flying around out there, six tackles in this game against the Saints. This Ravens defense looks like a confident group right now. Absolutely. And it really um, is a soft spot for me because out of all of the good things we're saying, Marcus Peters is continuing to struggle. And yeah. it really sucks because you love what he brings to the table from a personality perspective and you know what Marcus Peters was like prior to his knee injury last year. He just looks like a completely different player. He's still trying to play the way that he played prior to his knee injury. But I just don't know if he's able to do that physically anymore. And it really sucks because he's a guy that I, I absolutely root for. I think that he is fiery. This is what this defense need. I think he's a leader. I think that, you know, again, how he played prior to his injury was something that this defense desperately needed. But now it just feels like he's almost a shell of his former self. And it, it's unfortunate because everybody else is ascending. You know, if I had to pick one sore spot of this defense, unfortunately, it would be, it would be Marcus Peters just doesn't hasn't looked the same since his knee injury. Um, that being said, many teams in the past 
and present have found ways to, you know, if you can rush the passer and force them to, you know, make some turnovers or force them to throw the ball out of bounds, then, you know, your secondary can be, you know, a regular secondary. Now, the Ravens are fortunate because I think that they are an above average secondary, even with Marcus Peters struggling right now. Marlon Humphrey is continuing to play, like you said, just playing great football. You got Kyle Hamilton, you know, coming around and, and, and playing well. And then, you know, Chuck Clark is, is outside of that, you know, what, earlier when I mentioned the fact that he, you know, didn't make the play as he should have, still is playing at a high level. You still find a way to get Marcus Williams back down the stretch. So that secondary is still very good in spite of Marcus Peters' struggles. But adding a guy like Roquan Smith can work wonders to help your secondary not do so much work. So hopefully that will help them down the run down the long run because as of right now Marcus Peters is still trying to find his uh 2020 form another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help for your financial to-dos Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, and no doubt Marcus Peters is struggling. And some of it is just him not going 100% in some of these plays. A couple of these plays he's flat out giving up on. Um, He's getting beat and he's just... Throwing in the towel in the play, not to say that he could do anything about it, you know, even if he did continue to run, but it's never a good look to see a guy just give up. Um, and he's not, that's not the kind of player he is. That's not the kind of player that we've known him to be. Right. And I think that's the most disheartening thing. You can understand if he's going out there and playing to the whistle every play and still, you know, they're, t- they're they're beating them here and there. You you you'll live with that, but to see him kind of just pull up sometimes the way that he has is 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 tough to watch. And th- I think what makes it worse is the fact that if the Ravens did decide to explore the route of okay, let, maybe we need to throw somebody out there for Marcus Peters a little more than we are. Who is it? I mean, who would that guy be? <laughs> no I, idea. And I don't even think he's on that roster, yeah, even I'm, if you think that. Right, right. So uh, they're, they're kind of, I don't want to say stuck with Marcus Peters because you could do a lot worse. I still believe Absolutely. that. But uh, you, you, there's no alternative in this situation. It's, it's Marcus Peters or nothing over there. So it's still a, a better situation to be in than not. But you would like to see Marcus Peters play a little better than he has, especially, um, I think, as of late. But, yeah, Chuck Clark as well. Chuck Clark was the one that I really had an issue with on that touchdown, um, that late touchdown to Jawan Johnson. That I, I, Chuck Clark was the one that really bothered me because he's the second one there. The whistle hasn't blown yet. Exactly. You what are you doing? Push him out of bounds. You're arguing with the referee. The referee isn't going to blow the whistle all of a sudden because you're arguing with him. You're right there on the sideline. Make the play. Make just, it. For him to not even bother to push him out of bounds, that was that 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 just left such a sour taste in my mouth. And Harbs was obviously pissed off 
I know you were at the game, Rita, but they showed on camera Harbs and Marcus Peters getting into it on the sideline. And this one was a little different than the one uh, that we saw a couple of weeks ago. Peters was both sides. I'll say both sides were a little more controlled uh, this time. But you see Peters pleading his case. And I, I don't I don't don't quote me on this, but I, I tried to put my my lip reading hat on my lip reading glasses on, I should say. And it, and it looked like Peters was saying, look, you know, don't you don't yell at me like I'm the only one out there doing it. Like he, he said he tried he tried to tell Hobbs that he tried to pull him out of bounds. He tried to make the tackle initially, uh, but Hobbs was understandably so pissed off about that play because it kind of opened the door. Like, yeah, you still had control of the game, but it opened the door for this team. Anything can happen in this league. And as we've seen this team struggle to close out games in the past this season, that's just not the type of play you want to see late in the fourth quarter. So they've got some things to clean up, but overall uh, I, I think it's a lot to be pleased about with this defense. I agree. And I agree that Chuck Clark to me is a, is a bigger offender because he literally just let the guy just run past some thinking because he was out of bounds. Like at the end of the day, you are taught to play until you hear the whistle. You don't hear a whistle. So what exactly is it that you're doing? And there's no way to plead your case. And yes, to some degree, you know, Marcus Peters gets it too. Maybe not as much as Chuck Clark, but right. you know, it, them two together, it's just, I mean, it's almost like they're an old married couple at this point. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're going to argue. They probably kiss and make up later, you know. And when you're in the in the thick of it and, you know, your adrenaline is running high, yeah. of course things are going to, you know, be saying what they said. And like you said, it did feel like that this was a more controlled, um, you know, disagreement as opposed to a blow up the last right. time that we right. saw. So I, I'm definitely blaming Chuck Clark more so for that um, than Marcus Peters. And again, I, I don't want to rag on Marcus Peters too hard because we've already done that enough because he, he is struggling right now. Um, but oh, I agree. The potential of what this defense can be, particularly with the, the new additions. Oh, yeah. And by the way, you still got guys that's going to come back from injury right. somewhere at some point this season is through the roof. Uh, and and I I'm sorry. I, I did also want to point out too the pass rush was amazing tonight. Amazing. Andy Dalton was sacked only four times coming into this game. He's played in five games coming into tonight in, into this game against the Ravens. Only sacked four times. He was sacked four times in this game alone. So this pass rush really turned it up, especially on third down, passing down situations. They really turned up the heat. Mike McDonald is just. He's been calling great games. Um, you sure? You, you're talking about stacking games. I, I think I think Mike McDonough has been one that's really been stacking games as of late with his play calling. And granted, he's getting more pieces back for him to play with, and he he's making it work. I I, I really like what I'm seeing from him, and he I, I love how he picks and chooses when he wants to be aggressive. You never really know because he could kind of lure you to sleep with some of the zone play, but best believe. When you get in a passing situation, you 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 better have your antennas up because you never know what he's going to do. And in this game, he chose to be a little more aggressive in those passing situations, and it worked. Yeah, I, I've always I've been a fan of Mike McDonald. I've always felt like Mike McDonald has done the right things, and um, I've always felt that 
Um, a big part of what was happening early on was a breakdown in communication. A lot of that had to do with the youth of the team, particularly in the secondary. And honestly, and quite frankly, you know, early on, you had a lot of inexperience in the backfield. So, you know, you put those two together. And of course, it doesn't necessarily bode well. And I think that people were quick to jump to the conclusion that Mike McDonald was the source of the problem. And I've never felt that way because I've always felt that Mike McDonald is a guy that he does not wait till halftime to adjust. If he feels like an adjustment needs to be made, he does it right away. And I will say this every week until people get it caught out. I will. Cause I know I've said this before. I'll say it again. And I'll say it again after the bye week. I'll say it again and again and again, because that's what he does. And now you're going to see what he's going to be like with elite talent. So it's just really going to be fun to watch. Uh, you don't even have to run zero blitzes anymore just to get pressure. It's, a, it's so fun to see yeah. this happening. So um, this defense is really – they're talented. They have the potential to see everything. This New Orleans Saints – Offense, despite the fact that they played without some of their best, um, you know, skill players in terms of like Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, they're still a top 10 offense and they shut them down to 13 points. And it probably should have been no touchdowns, quite frankly, outside of that fluke touchdown that they had um, at the end of the game. So, yeah, you know, this is just the beginning, I think. And I think that it just trends up. It continues to trend up from there. And uh, I think we'll hear less chatter about firing Mike McDonald. <laughs> oh, I, would, <laughs> I would expect so. <laughs> I, would, I would expect so. Absolutely. 